Okay, this is take two. Sorry, sorry about that. No, that's all right. No, this is fun. Uh, This is a first. I think this is the first time we've ever had to repeat a soybean pest podcast because of technical difficulties. It was genius. I hope we recapture just a little piece of what we just recorded. Thank you. This is true. That was magic. There's a lot of magic that happened in that first take. And it's gone. What can you do? Oh, man. It's the 3rd of September. This is our 17th episode. Um, Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And uh, let's, uh, you want to recap the week? Sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, I got to go on a summer tour with the crops team here. It's at Extension faculty and staff on campus. And we visited uh, a couple of manufacturing plants and also a couple of farms that are more progressive. They're trying some soil and water conservation practices. And so we uh, first we visited Hagee uh, Manufacturing, and they make sprayers, uh, they do a lot of things with cover crop, mm-hmm. cedars, um, different kinds of just agricultural equipment. And um, it's a pretty cool place to, to visit. Um, they do a lot of some automation stuff. And automation? They make, well, they um, it's like robots kind of making stuff. Rob- oh, robots making the stuff. Yeah. Oh. I mean, so it's yeah. automated. But that robot's in the field. <laughs> no. No. They you don't laugh, have... but there's a... I know. Well... There are people who are exploring the use of robots for... Yeah planting and harvesting. Anyway. Yeah, and then we visited um, Van Deest uh, engineering or manufacturing yesterday, and they take active ingredients from a, a lot of different egg companies like Monsanto, Dow, Syngenta, and they formulate them and so that they're ready to go. This is mostly herbicide? Yeah, it's all herbicides. All herbicides. They, just, they just made a conscious decision just to focus on herbicides um, because the the possibility for contamination between insecticides and herbicides was too oh, great. Oh, so they want to keep all the holding yeah, yeah, yeah. tanks, just herbicides. Oh my, oh, that is brilliant. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to spray to kill insects and then kill your crop. Yeah, yeah. and they just, because that of the scale that they work at, it's really hard to yeah. do both. Yeah. And so they have millions and millions of holding, gallons of holding capacity. Yeah. And for example, they're, they hold everything for the Enlist Duo program. So all of the herbicide for Enlist Duo, it's over a million gallons right. that they're able to wow. hold. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see. And herbicides are more frequently used than insecticides. So if you're doing a business model. Yeah, and it's not just for that. egg. They do turf and ornamentals, and they do um, you know all kinds of uses for herbicides. And yeah. so it's not just U.S. They ship all over the world. So interesting. i got to say this. What? Part two, they're the second round. Yeah. We're more concise. Yes, we are. But uh, we saved people about 20 minutes of <laughs> meandering. <laughs> so have you, uh, in your travels, uh, been talking with any of the peoples about the insect pests and problems that they're facing with soybeans and yeah, crops? Yeah, I mean, I, we stopped at a few research farms and a few commercial farms, and basically insects are not an issue anymore. So soybean aphid is either kind of holding steady or on its way out. Although we mentioned Brian Lang, a field agronomist in Northeast Iowa, he still has some fields that he's checking where aphids are not only just holding, but they're actually kind of increasing. So these are on uh, parts of the field where he's left unsprayed. Right. And he's able to check kind of what would happen if Mm -hmm. you didn't spray insecticide. And his populations continue to increase. Yeah. Yeah. In the thousands. Thousands yeah. per plant. That would be a really uh, yeah. miserable field to walk out into. Oh, yeah. 
And Sticky pants. Yeah, from all the honeydew. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned that he's starting to see a return of more healthier-looking aphids. We talked about this in uh, our The white first... dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. We talked about them last week. Yeah, and that the white dwarfs are a function of the plant. You know, it's no longer shuttling nutrients like nitrogen around. It's more just doing photosynthesis, building up carbohydrates. And aphids need that nitrogen in order to really, you know, be healthy uh, and reproduce. But now as the plants are starting to senesce, and you can start to see this around the state, that nitrogen is now moving through the plant more as it cannibalizes itself and moves those nutrients to the seed. So, uh, yeah, you start to see healthier-looking aphids. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a... Yeah, it's kind of a miserable thing for farmers, but it's not really clear to us how much of an impact they have on yield. Late season. Especially if you've yeah. already sprayed. Yeah. And on in Brian's situation, he's tracking unsprayed fields, so this rebound may not really be something that farmers who have treated or need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so aphids, we've talked about that. Number two um, on our list today of things to talk about was this survey. Um from Jay Arbuckle. Jay is a extension. He, he's a an extension specialist, but he's a sociologist by trade, and uh, he does a lot of different surveys. Not his fault. That's just his <laughs> just his profession. He's a good guy. Very good guy. Real focused on ag and yes, and farmers, and sort of getting the sense of what farmers think and mm-hmm. uh, what the the people who work with farmers think and uh, are concerned about. And in the survey, uh, it's a web-based survey of certified crop advisors, CCAs, and it was conducted as part of a USDA-funded project on diseases of soybean and other crop plants. And uh, it covers the major north-central region, soybean region of the United States. I'm, wow, I'm having a terrible time talking. Uh, the north-central soybean growing region of the United States, so Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota as well as uh, six states in the south where soybeans are grown. Um, It was mailed out to about 7,500 CCAs in April of 2015. They got about a little over 1,000 back, so about a 14% response rate. And uh, in this, there are a bunch of questions, but in this one section, he asked, there are a number of current issues that farmers, crop advisors, and other agricultural stakeholders face please rate your level of concern about the following issues. And then there are uh, about 10 issues that he listed here. So the question I asked you, uh, might as well replay this for our listeners. What, do you, what did you think would be the number one concern to a CCA? And you said? Uh, herbicide resistance. And the survey says? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, herbicide resistant weeds was number one with about 84% either very concerned or extremely concerned. Yeah. And then I asked you what you thought the second most worrisome thing to farmers. And you... I think I said uh, plant diseases, like SDS. And I I can understand why you said that, because I said this was a survey about soybean diseases. But number two from our CCAs was low commodity prices. Yeah. About 70% were either very concerned or extremely concerned mm-hmm. about this. Um, and that, that was kind of interesting, yeah. uh, in part because I thought, I guess if I, you know, if I had this list, I would have thought low commodity prices would be number one because that's, that's how you make your money, um, farming. But the, I guess the, vari- the variation, the variability, the, uh, 
the questions about how to manage herbicide-resistant weeds and when they're where and when they might show up. You know, if you're if you're the guy or gal who's responsible for pest management, like many CCAs are, yeah, that's worrisome. Yeah. Well, and it's worrisome because if it's a low market value, farmers are asking, how do I cut corners? Not cut corners, but how do I trim back some of my input costs? Yeah. And so herbicides might be on the table, fungicides, insecticides as well. Probably more insecticides are on the table than herbicides. Yeah. Um, and that is reflected in the, the fifth most worrisome topic, which was... Corn rootworm, is that right? BT resistant oh, okay. Western corn rootworm. Yep. Uh, only thirteen uh, percent were extremely concerned, compared to forty that were extremely concerned for herbicide resistant weeds. So less than half of that. And you're shaking your head. Well, I just think why why isn't everybody concerned? I think it's I mean not only just because we're entomologists, but the states yeah. that are surveyed, especially the more northern states. It is the most important insect pest that we're dealing with. I, I just don't know why more people aren't. Well, so I wonder if the reason for that is that CCAs and to some extent farmers, because I'm guessing a lot of these CCAs are farmers yep. as well. Um, I wonder if the reason they're not as concerned about, say, BT-resistant rootworms as they are herbicide-resistant weeds is they can manage rootworms for the most part. You can rotate. Not in Illinois. Really bad. Well, for, to be fair, it's for some parts of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, but you, but you still can rotate in the sense that you can put another crop in, um, and you're going to get that that crop. Whereas herbicide resistant weeds may not know a boundary from mm-hmm. you know one crop to the next from corn. But they weren't asked like which is more important, weeds or rootworms. It's just, are you concerned about rootworms? No, and and it's a you know he asked on a five one to yeah. five scale. Why isn't everybody saying, yes, extremely worried? Well, so, you know, rootworms, there are other things you can do. You can rotate, you can use soil insecticides, you know, you can mix up your BTs. But for herbicides, there's like 18 different groups. And, you know, a lot of our farmers probably haven't been using all 18 different groups. They've just been using glyphosate. That's a big switch, right? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I know. I know. As an entomologist, we should all be worried about insects all the time, but clearly not everybody shares our passion. <laughs> um, so we're getting into the last five minutes, and I wanted to focus on one of the things that came up in this, which was um, the number three most worried uh, topic, which was the prospects of neonicotinoids being banned. Mm-hmm. Neonicotinoids, these are the class of insecticides that are on seeds, seed treatments. This is both used in corn and soybean. Combined, uh, 50, over 50, oh, I'm sorry, 48% uh, were either very concerned or extremely concerned about these being banned, the prospect of them being banned. Now, let's be clear. They're not, being, they're not banned right now. They, they're under review by EPA. Uh, they are restricted in use in Europe, but they're not banned right now in the United States. Um, that was number three. What did you think about that? Does that kind of reflect what you... I mean, that doesn't... I mean... Well, you think CCAs and the farmers... Yeah, I mean, I think with? farmers and, and other people in agriculture are worried that they possibly could be restricted or taken away completely as an option for pest control. Um, for some pests, yeah. it really is the most effective way to suppress them. So I could see why it is a worry. I'm surprised by the number 
especially compared to corn rootworm resistance, yeah. which is happening that's right now. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And then further down on a list of 10 uh, topics, uh, second to the bottom was the impacts of neonicotinoids on bees and other pollinators. Mm-hmm. Only 6% were extremely concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I should point out that uh, about 50%, 51% were either concerned or very concerned about that. So it's not as if they're not concerned. It's just in this list, this was closer to the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because the prospect of them being banned was more of a concern Way more. than the possible impact that they're having on on bees, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why they're kind of up for review, right? That's one of the... the yeah, topics. I mean, they go through a regular review, review process. It's certainly the impact on pollinators is going to be really scrutinized yeah. this time. So um, Jay, this is a, a survey that he just put out. He's, he's got more to share. I, I don't know where he's going to be sharing this. Um, I suspect he'll have a publication that will make yeah. available where people can see these numbers. But as we get into the fall, um, do you have some events that people can come and see you at? Maybe talk about these things and hear your take on these topics? Um, well, last week was the end of my summer field tour type season. And so there, I actually have quite a break before we start up what I would consider like the winter circuit. Mm-hmm. Those things typically start maybe um, right around Thanksgiving and go through February. So there's the Integrated Crop Management Conference. Yep, that's the 2nd and 3rd of December, and that'll be at Sheeman, like it always is, in Ames, Iowa. Okay. Um, Crop Advantage Series is all throughout January, and that's that's going to be, I think, 14 locations this year. And so um, I don't know exactly which dates I'll be speaking at yet, but likely about half of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so people can email you with ideas or questions they might have. Uh, you probably have a bunch of stuff that you're going to be sharing. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of research updates. That's what people like to hear, yeah. and management recommendations. So I think we'll probably talk more about the prospect of neonicotinoids being banned in subsequent uh, podcasts later in the fall. Yes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to bring that up and share the, the survey because um, I think um, – it's important to get a sense of what other people are worried about, especially those that work this closely like the CCAs do with agriculture. Yeah, I appreciate Jay's surveys a lot because he does actually, you know, he gets it back uh, really good responses. I like the way he asks the questions. And, um, yeah, as we're able to, we can definitely share share this with uh, yeah. the larger audience. I mean, the big thing here is it helps us figure out what questions and uh, to answer yeah. and to think about when we prepare our mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. So I think going forward, you'll hear more from us in the uh, podcast about where neonicotinoids are in the review process and what we know about their impacts to things like bees and other non-target organisms. Yeah. How's that? That's pretty concise. I think, I think we're going to have to start doing a, a practice run every time. This is, con- is a lot better. Is concision a word? So. Uh, concussion is. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to concuss anybody. <laughs> no, no. Have a good week. Thank you.